never expected to see Awesome Kong here tonight. I mean, wow. Now, some of you may not know that I'm not much for words. It's been a hard, hard year in the Kong residence. And only one thing could get me off my couch and away from them delicious ice cream bars. And that's this woman right here. And I said to myself, if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out with the toughest foe I know. I love you. I'm done, and I love you, Gail. I don't even know what to say to you right now. You are so special to me. And we will always have a bond for life. Thank you, Kong. Thank you. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and assist me. I cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Main eventing, it's an important thing of getting ahead. Unless people know that you're not a job. Main eventer, it's a guy that seems like he's more stable. People see the belt, they think at least somebody can stand son of a bitch. Ladies see the title, they immediately think, ah, he's got some cash or his cock must work. But that's just how we see it here at the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back. It's the Professor Mark Fantasia. Welcome you back to another Wednesday at noon episode. And boy, oh boy, are we ready because we have a couple of weeks of Monday Night Wars to catch up on. We have not only good wrestling, but yeah, good flicks. As you already know, we like to throw our movie quotes in of the week. And last week was an 80s Brat Pack special. And uh, it had two hits, ODM hitting me and me hitting the floor, The Breakfast Club. And this week... (laughs) <laughs> Might require an accent or two, I think, throughout the time, but I think this will be a, a good show. 
But thank you so much for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe, like, share, tell your friends, tell your grandmother, tell your grandpappy. They probably used to like wrestling when it was good. And they like the top stuff, and that's what we talk about here. So this week we got news, we got this week in Monday Night Wars. We are going to be talking about probably one of the biggest pay-per-views that's going to be upcoming um, probably all year. I think this most anticipated pay-per-view, and that is AEW's All Out. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know that the show may not go on until he's here, Mr. ODM. When I tell you to dump a body in the mosh, you dump him in the mosh. Not where some guy from John Hancock goes every Thursday to get a fucking blowjob. Don't laugh. This ain't reality TV. <laughs> you went all the way. I was going to see if I had to go to the reality TV. And it's not even a marsh. It's a mosh. mosh. Yes. Throw him in the mosh. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Probably my favorite Jack movie. Of all the stuff he's done, I mean, I liked him as as Joker at one point, but well, I think this may be my favorite one of him of all time. It's definitely a good one for sure. <laughs> oh, that was always his problem. Who said he had a problem? <laughs> I said I, he had a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, it's been a, a pretty busy week with some news that we have some stuff going on here. Some contract stuff, some AEW, some WWE, some changes to NXT. And as I already alluded to, we are going to be talking about AEW's All Out. So let's kick it off with a little bit of news Hey, wait, hang on, hang on, wait. I almost jumped over my own <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> how crazy is that, dude? How, man, I don't know how to read sometimes, man. Look, I didn't, you know, finish school, but whatever. Here's the deal. Uh, I got to throw a, a shout out to a company coworker of mine. Now, I've known that her and and her boys, her husband, they, they watch wrestling. And, they, and I always see her posting her own... Uh, comments during like Wrestlemania, SummerSlam, the big ones. And the other day during a company call, I adjusted myself so that you couldn't really see the shirt that I was wearing. Not because like I was ashamed, but it's like, all right, man, it's a company call. Let's not really draw attention to yourself. But I was doing it on my cell phone. I adjusted my body. And of course you see my Degeneration X shirt. <laughs> and she writes in the chat. So the whole... Uh, video crew sees everybody who's there. She goes, nice shirt, Mark. Someone else goes, I was just going to say that. I was like, okay, cool. All right, good good conversation. Now, Lisa and I, we've always been on uh, awesome terms. We've always had a lot in common. But ODM, you and I are doing life all wrong. We talk about that boy. We talk about that boy who gets every real championship that's out there. He buys all the real ones. Dude... You and I have been doing life all wrong. Her sons have the 24-7 championship belt. Now, while I find that to be <laughs> one of the most annoying and stupidest things on WWE television, in the house, they randomly come up on the champion and try to take him down and pin him. 
<laughs> right? Bro, I was like, oh my God, where was this when I was growing up? This is outstanding. So I once she told me this, I go, oh my God, that's the best version of a title. Like, I, I want to go buy the, I don't think they bought like the, the real, they bought like the, the toy version, I'm sure of it. But dude, we've been doing life wrong for so long. We need to start doing that to each other. I'm just going to randomly show up while we're doing this podcast, come up from behind you, and you don't even know I'm there. Yeah, man, I'm in Arizona. Bam. Pinned you. New champ. Somebody in my house would be going to the hospital. <laughs> and it wouldn't be me. <laughs> Talk about a body being dumped in the mosh. Uh, you know what, man? The one good thing is that we have... A lot of good news that happened last week, but can we talk about the worst news that could have? There's a lot of bad news that actually came out when, in the terms of just NXT alone. But uh, do you want to talk about it? I can't even stomach talking about it. You sent me a picture. I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was fake. (laughs) I almost think we should use the screen grab as our fucking uh, episode logo for this week. That's how bad it is. Um, I don't know. I have a second idea for our logo, but you wait. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, we shit on WWE and how they failed to capitalize on NXT call-ups. Well, and we made fun of, uh, you know, Keith Lee's tennis skirt, but God damn, they gave Karrion Cross the Farouk treatment and worse. Oh, my God, Farouk. I knew <laughs> that never came to mind. That's really awesome. It looks like a Turkish SNM version of Demolition. It's just I was going to say a real big dominatrix up. kind of shit. Yeah, dude, it's it, fucking you know what? awful. It it was kind of pulp fiction esque. It was just missing the ball gag. <laughs> dude, I thought it was bullshit when he sent it. I go, "Who is this?" Yeah. And you go carrying cross. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Man, so you had him look a certain way for several weeks. Now, I called it out at TakeOver for them to be chanting, we want Scarlet, and she wasn't there. He loses his title and automatically decides he's going to wear red leather straps on only eh, 6% of his body. Yep, don't forget the mask. Well, let's let's skip ahead a bit. So if we were going to talk about that, what was the other huge NXT change this week? This one kills me. Dude, a lot of this shit's going to tie into my fucking bring it to the table. So I'm, I'll, I'll try to hold back. Uh, NXT, you know, we've talked about how Nick Khan has said it's going to be revamped in the next couple of weeks coming up. Uh, it's going to be a new look, a new feel, yada, yada, yada. They released their new logo. Um, it's fucking awful. Uh, it's mm-hmm. fucking awful. Uh, and they're using a Wale's, one of Wale's songs. I don't even know what the fucking song that is, but yeah, man. So you had this cool it's not whale. Yeah, no, it's not whale. <laughs> Let me ask you this it's... question: Does it not look like Vince for real? It was like, all right, we lost the ratings war when it came to NXT versus AEW. What do they have that we don't have? Well, they got a lot of spray paint kind of colors or random colors in their logo. That's good shit. Let's do it. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it looks yeah. like the logo of AEW. Like, that logo looks like it's AEW's 
Saturday morning cartoon version of wrestling. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to go too in-depth because I'm going to bring it all up and I bring it to the table. But All right, fair enough. So, all right, that's enough on with that. What else do we have for news? Uh, I'm going to blow by this one. Scott Dimore from, uh, from Impact is teasing Strowman and Buddy Matthews joining. Uh, Braun, fine. Good. He can go to Impact for all I give a shit. Buddy Matthews, I hope if he goes to Impact, he does some crossover with AEW because I'd love to see him wrestle. I'd love to see him wrestle Malachi Black because they had that great run of matches in WWE. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's what happens. I'd be... I had a cough on deck. I was waiting to do it. Sorry. (laughs) I, I would absolutely be okay with both going to impact i actually all right everybody keeps wanting to build up aew and you know that's something i do want to get to um i'm gonna bounce off of your bring it to the table if we can when the time comes kind of a counter to yours because i have a lot of just opinions but for someone like buddy murphy doesn't need to go to AEW, doesn't need to go to Japan, doesn't need to go to Ring of Honor. I think Impact is a very sufficient place for him where I think, and I'm not saying like he is only so high of a grade of a wrestler. I think go there and make, again, man, I hate to say this, not a pun intended, make an impact. Drew McIntyre went there. Matt Hardy went there. A lot of guys did resurrect their careers by being in TNA and or Impact. Braun over there, perfect. They need a really big guy. There's already some decent big guys over there, but Buddy Murphy can run the entire roster, and you get that AEW crossover or AAA or whoever else is involved. I mean, look at this past weekend. We had NWA Empower. We had women from everywhere other than WWE, basically. So I think Buddy Murphy and Braun Strowman or whatever his name is going to be, Impact is the absolute perfect spot for both of them. One thing that you don't have in news here is uh, Ring of Honor did say at one of their next pay-per-views, it's going to (laughs) be two release stars versus each other. No one knows who. Now, I did think it was going to be Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews, whatever his name is, versus Bobby Fish. I think he is a shoe-in. Bobby Fish will be the one who is going to be in that match. Who he's against? Being that it's a release star, it could be anybody. It could be uh, Bronson Reed. I think we've talked about him being could be Adam who Cole. Maybe go to Ring of Honor. Oh my God! I don't think Adam's going to Ring of Honor. Man, do we, all right. Well, let's go there since we've. Man, you have some segue charm, Woo! my man. All right, this past Friday. Adam Cole's contract expired. He hasn't showed up anywhere, obviously, yet. But he is actually free to show up as early as tonight is on Dynamite if he wants to. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, He had that sweet deal. They realized they bricked on his contract. He signed an extension just to put over O'Reilly, and he's a free man. Uh, Being the elite already... Uh, on the episode that dropped today, which would be Monday, August 30th, uh, they've already teased resurrecting a character who died on BTE, and most notably is Adam Cole. So His final death picture is always hysterical. He yeah. has a tongue hanging out. Like, just, like the worst uh, 
12th grade horror movie ever made. You know what I mean? Right. It was it's it's hysterical. What I find funny about Adam Cole is that his letters AC was written written on the shoes of mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken was it CM Punk or was it one of the Bucks? Punk. Punk. He also Punk also did yeah. BW which we think is Bray Wyatt. A lot of tiny hidden references. And and I you probably see what I wrote there in the in the notes there ODM shoes. Yep. I think it's a fun game they're all playing. And whether those people do show up or not, what is it doing? It's giving you buzz, it's giving you a reason to talk, and it's giving you a reason to tune in. I I I don't want to say everybody, you know, you don't want to book yourselves or go in business for yourselves, but if you're doing certain things that like if you went to Vince McMahon and was like, Hey, I'm gonna put this on my shoe, absolutely not. <laughs> you know it would be that way. But these guys don't even need to really get permission for it. Tony probably Tony Khan's probably like, Oh, really? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Dude, I can't get the image of him smiling in that one media scrum after just ear to ear the only 10 seconds he wasn't smiling was when they talked about Brody Lee other than that he was back to ear to ear um so do you think Adam Cole Bray Wyatt and Brian Danielson all end up in AEW I want your honest opinion on this I think Cole's a slam dunk he's got history with the elite his girlfriend's there He'll get to do whatever he wants. They'll put him over the crowd. The pop will be well. Okay, that's no. I was gonna. That's over the top. The pop will be huge. The pop will be huge. I think it'll be bigger than Christian's pop. It'll be bigger than Malachi Black's pop. It might to be, be honest with you. I, I think Adam Cole, if he got on the AEW roster, he would. He's a good worker. He would rise fast like a twelve-year-old dick. Are you fucking delivering cannolis or something? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking? Cranberry juice. What is it? Your what period? is it? Your period? <laughs> <laughs> that line right there may have given the entire movie away at the end of it. All right. Were, and I didn't even have it on deck. So we're going to be off kilter. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, no, at the end of the day, I really do think that Cole would be a good fit there. Bray's the only one I'm worried about. I, I, I feel like maybe he might be better off in Impact. Phone. Wait, say again? Can you not hear me, ODM? Hello? Oh, God. Can Can you hear me? Now he leaves the goddamn thing. Can you hear me? Yo. Can you hear me? Joe, talk. Oh, there yeah, you can go. you hear me? Wow, lag. Is there a lag? I just, you barely just came Hang in on. there for a second. But the video's frozen. Nothing. Yo, it's my phone. I got to call you back. Still nothing. 
Yeah, now he's leaving. All right. Got to keep this all here for posterity's sake. Figure out why my fucking camera doesn't work. Yeah, that's not going to do nothing. That'd be here. Here. Can you see me? Uh, not yet. It just might take a second, though. I definitely heard you, obviously. No, but you heard me. No, wait. You, well, you weren't. Well, no, you saw me before. You were. Oh, hang on. That's right. I got to take off my camera. But you can hear me now, right? Yep. And I can see you in your backup. So. I had to restart the whole fucking phone. It was uh, my, my shit heated up. Uh, um, I know where I left off. I know what you were saying, but I know where I'm at. Give me 10 seconds, let's hold on, and then I'm going to ask you a question. It had to do with the whole Adam Cole, everything I was saying. I was just talking about the whole thing, but I just want to ask you what your thoughts are going to be about Bray Wyatt. Where do you th- do you think he's a good fit for here or Impact? Okay. All right. I mean, okay, you already said Adam Cole, shoe-in for AEW. But Bray Wyatt, the BW, the just even just Wyndham Rotundo, do you really think that he is going to do anything in AEW, or do you think he's better off, in, better off in Impact? I mean, I can't see him in New Japan or Ring of Honor, so I honestly want to know what, what do you really think is going to happen from here? It's hard because the only thing that's coming into my head right now is what I want. I want him on, like, we've talked about this, the oversaturation, right? We can't just have AEW picking up WWE people. The people that they're picking up I love because they're the people that I want to see succeed. And they will. They have a better chance in AEW. Uh, So, you know, you feel like after a while it's like, okay, man, we're running out of space here. We don't have enough time for all these people that we picked up, let alone, you know, the, the other people. But my heart, I want him in AEW because... That's what's accessible to me. You know, I could watch Impact, but all the wrestling that we watch for this podcast, no, I'm not watching Impact. I don't have the fucking time, but I'll watch AEW, you know? So, yeah, I want him in AEW. Where do I think he's going to end up? I think he's going to end up in AEW. I, like I said, I think just maybe it's fantasy booking. I would love to see him and Bo show up together. That's just... Me personally, I think that's where I would go with it. But let's talk a little bit more about what happened this past week on Dynamite. You have a couple of bits of news here. Why don't you tell me what happened? Yeah, well, one's going to kind of flow into the other, so we'll put them out together. Uh, So uh, CM Punk shows up on Dynamite, you know, 
And uh, during his promo, the crowd starts chanting, yes, yes, chance, right? And Punk, man, Punk played this about as smooth as you could play. That's why he's one of the best on the mic. He goes, that's somebody else's shtick. Be patient. And he just continues with his promo. Moved right on yep. like nothing else was said. Exactly. Right back to his promo. So, I mean, he, you know, and obviously the fans popped. I mean, it seems like it's a lock. Uh, you know, they're making it a poorly kept secret on purpose. Um, but, you know, it seems that, Professor, you and I are going to luck out. Because initially we thought Brian Danielson was going to debut in Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, the week before the Rochester show. Uh, but now it appears he is going to debut at All Out. I'm excited. Because you know why? Several reasons. One, next week's show is our AEW All Out Watch Along. So you're going to hear us probably getting really excited be a little bit uh, inebriated, a little, maybe a chicken nugget or two will be eaten, but the biggest thing is we're going to go nuts because we're going to get to see Punk versus Allen, we're going to get to see some uh, great tag team championship match one way or another, and we're most likely going to be seeing Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson as he'll most likely be called, Going into AEW at All Out. WWE can say anything they want. Oh, they're not a competition. Kiss my ass. And they also keep saying the word, we don't want indie workers. You can say whatever you want, but the indie workers are what made people watch your show for the last several years. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I'm excited. Good times. And who knows? Who knows? We could get Ruby Riot. We could get... Adam Cole, we could get Bray Wyatt. Actually, yeah, well, yeah, we could. Who knows? Could Dude, you imagine all Br- of the above just showing up at All Out? <laughs> oh, my God. Just Save Bray Wyatt for Rochester. Because I may Harper. have to bring another pair of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, so it's exciting. <laughs> no, uh, don't ask me what I meant by that. You know what I mean? You know, death is hard. Life is easier. All right, let's move on. What other kind of notes we got? All right. Uh, let's see, Jim Ross, there was a report that Jim Ross was going to step down from comment, full-time commentary and take more of a backstage role within the company. Uh, and then JR tweeted. And I was excited about that. Yeah. And then JR tweeted, well, that's news to me. So. God damn it. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. I'm going to blow right by it. Uh, something we've talked about before, uh, the, you know, absence of Awesome Kong, who we thought we were going to get a lot of in AEW. Unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, but Awesome Kong. Uh, faces a longtime foe in Gail Kim for her final match and retires on NWA Power. <sighs> cool way to go out. Yeah. I was okay with it. Absolutely. And then, to follow up the next night, you know, Nick Aldis was on like a thousand-day reign no shit. as NWA champion <laughs> and loses his title... In a title versus career match against Trevor Murdoch. That's right, baby. Trevor Murdoch of former Caden Murdoch, if anybody remembers them from WWE. And, dude, it was just, it was a cool moment to watch. The crowd lost their shit. Ric Flair appeared and (laughs) 
in Ric Flair fashion, cried while doing an interview and telling everybody how much he loves the business, but also name-dropped a lot of people, including Triple H, Hunter, uh, or Jesus, uh, Triple H, uh, Vince. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, he, he actually thanked Paul Levesque, Triple H, uh, Terror Rising. Um, no. He really he thanked like Vince, Triple H, Michaels, like Harley Race, a bunch of people, but like those three names being a part of an NWA uh pay per view was kind of a, a big deal, I think, overall, considering he just parted ways with WWE and now he's out there just doing whatever he wants anyway, but still he's still, you know, adding a little grease into the, the nuts and bolts on the side of WWE in case he needs him at any point. He can show up at fucking all out too. <laughs> He's good. I hope he does, man. With Andrade, I mean, let's let's talk real quick about it. I think we have the pay per view uh, list here, don't we? Somewhere I don't no? think I put it on there now because I don't even know what the card. Oh is. my gosh! All right, I have it. Hang on. Um, it is. Hang on. A E W A. <laughs> I like how you're saying it, what you're typing into Google search right now. I'm kidding. All right, no, here is our pay-per-view for this weekend. Now, we do have the Women's Casino Battle Royal. It's the first one like this. So I, I thought it was going to be a Men's Casino Battle Royal. So a lot of guys that are not on this card that you're not seeing yet, they're not going to be on the card, uh, which kind of sucks. But I'm okay if they're going to make a big statement with this women's casino battle royal so far we have thunder rosa nyla rose the bunny julia hart red velvet tay conti penelope ford dynamite and others to be announced i'm gonna put my money in nyla rose i think that's who wins it personally another match we have is going to be paul white versus cutie marshall uh I think Gun Club gets involved. I think the factory or whatever they're called is going to get involved. But I think Paul White takes his first win in AEW. Most likely his only win. But I've been (laughs) seeing a lot of reports that the Paul White versus Shaquille O'Neal match is going to happen most likely in AEW. So I'm going to say after Paul White makes pretty quick work of Cutie within a couple of minutes, I think Shaquille shows up in Chicago. Night full of surprises. I hope not. Let's hope you're wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> John Moxley, is only one contract was actually answered, and it wasn't Tanahashi. I think him and Hiroshi are going to have their match at Wrestle Kingdom, if I had to put money on it, at at the rate this is going. It's a lot of shit-talking, but if the match isn't happening here at AEW, at All Out, at their biggest one, I don't think it's going to happen until January. But he's going to be taking on Satoshi Kojima. All right. The next match is (laughs) MJF versus Chris Jericho. Oh, make it stop. With Jericho's... What's that? Make it stop. <laughs> Jericho's uh, match is, if he loses, he's out of wrestling in AEW. He's off the roster. Who knows? Maybe he's going to tour with Fozzie, come back. But I, do you think MJF gets a win here? No, I think they're going to do something stupid to make Jericho win it, thinking they're going to get a pop. But I hope if, if MJF wins, 
that Jericho fucking does go away and stop wrestling. He can be a personality, he can be a manager, he can be an announcer, I don't care. I don't want him wrestling anymore. And you know I love Chris Jericho. That's fair. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. I think so. Pac is going to be taking on Andrade El Yeah. Idolo. It says idol. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, this is where I think Ric Flair is going to walk Andrade to the ring. And I think that's going to play a factor. And Pac is going to lose to Andrade with a distraction from Flair. All right. Just a guess. Do you think CM Punk loses to Darby Allen in his first match at AEW? No. No. What's funny is the meme that's going around that of him pointing up to the rafters and saying, Darby, there's nothing more dangerous than you that you can do than fighting CM Punk in Chicago. And there's a picture of him fighting in Chicago and UFC all busted up in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And you know I'm a punk fan, but I'm like, that's a good one. But, dude, I absolutely love Darby's uh, tree paint face. I hope he has something really special set up for for All Out. I'm excited about the match because Punk even said during the call with or that media scrum, he goes, I'm scared to take that coffin drop. It looks like it hurts. Because there's not a way of, like, it's not like... There's a lot of moves you could do, like an elbow drop. You could land your whole body on the mat, make it look like the elbow hit someone. You're going backwards with your back onto their abdomens. There's no way that you can actually stop the pressure of that. I don't think. I don't know. But I'm excited to see this match. But Punk's going to go over. Agreed. Do you think this is when Daniel Bryan shows up? Or does he show up at the very end of the pay-per-view? It's weird because seeing Punk be able to take on some of the established talent at AEW is really where I think we need to go. It's almost like a tour, right? But you're not touring. Um, uh, you're not touring. You're, you're staying in the same company. Um, so it, it would make I can, sense. I, I see what you're saying with that. Okay. It would make sense with the Ring of Honor connection, uh, and it would be a pop. But I almost kind of don't want that to happen. Unless they said, because he said, you know, I have some scores to settle. Unless they said, if he came out and was like, and I don't think Daniel Bryan would say it on the very first night at All Out, but something to the extent of, we've never really found out who really is the best in the world. Let's do it one more time, one final match. And if it really is just that, one final match, they don't do the once in a lifetime rock and and Cena bullshit, um, then I would say absolutely, I'm all for it. But if it's a series of matches that's about to begin, yeah, I begin. I, I'm 100% with you. Get over here to do the right thing. Start to push talent. Now we get into our championship matches. Miro is defending for some reason, and I really mean that. I don't know why. I mean, I pay attention enough to Dynamite. I don't understand why this is an actual championship match, but Miro is defending against Eddie Kingston. As much as everybody loves Eddie Kingston, I don't think Miro's going to lose this match. I think he retains. Yep. And Marvin the Martian is going to be trying to take the title from Dr. Britt Baker 
for the AEW Women's Championship. Did you say oh, Marvin I'm sorry, Martian? that's Chris Statlander. Okay. Nope, it was Chris Statlander. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Read that one wrong. And the tag team championship match, which most likely stealing the show if Punk and Allen or Pac and Andrade for some reason do not deliver. I think this one is a shoe-in in a steel cage match for the tag team championship, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. I think Lucha's kind of actually get the win for the first time. I think it's kind of due. If there's a team that should have had the title for by now, I would have already said them besides FTR. So I, I think take it off the Bucks. I'm over them, but let's put someone else over. If the Bucks retain, then these guys are more than likely really just really in business for themselves, and that's it. I think that's exactly what's going on, and I hope I'm proven wrong, and I hope the Luchas take the titles. Totally. I've, and if they do, it'll be in great fashion because, come on, man, a cage match. We've seen them in a ladder match. I feel like they gave it away by being like, and the match is going to be a cage match ahead of time. Well, who gives a fuck if it's them versus Varsity Blondes? Of course it's the Luchas. You kind of ruined it then. But uh, our world title match is the Impact World Champion, Christian Cage, trying to become a double champion against Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Omega retains. And then if he hasn't shown up by now, this is where Daniel Bryan's going to show up. Yeah, that one makes a little more sense, I think. Dynamite drop in ODM. <laughs> it's hard, man. You can't see me, and I think we've got a lag, and people are texting me, and I don't know what's going on. Well, unfortunately, right, this shithole has more fucking leaks than the Iraqi Navy. <laughs> uh, this podcast is kind of like mushrooms, you know? You just feed us shit and keep us in the dark. <laughs> I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Oh, wait, it's it's AEW Dark? 14 matches? Why don't you just give me a bottle of scotch and a handgun <laughs> to blow my fucking head off? <laughs> Boom. Hey, man, it's time to bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my God! You've already alluded to what your... Uh, bring it to the table is this week. So let's just get to it right now. Go ahead. Tell me what's going on. All right. So weekly Cornette reference. Uh, they were talking uh, just about Nick Khan and his m more and more frequent media appearances where he's doing interviews. Uh, and they've obviously been talking about WWE possibly selling for what, at least a couple of years now. Uh, you know, first it was Fox, then it was NBC and Peacock. Now it's they're talking about maybe Disney. That's yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and you can see that that's what Nick Khan is doing. Nick Khan is the president of WWE. He's basically turning it into a movie studio. They're cutting any dead weight that they can. They're revamping. They're putting a gloss of paint on everything so they can showcase it to somebody. When you listen to him talk, he's basically selling they're willing to sell without saying they're willing to sell. Like, I mean, it's blatantly what he is doing. Now, uh, great Brian Last uh, from Cornette's, both of Cornette's podcast, one technically being Brian's, whatever, uh, talked about, think about it. Now, you can say Vince McMahon's, uh, you know, ego would always prevent this from happening, but think about who legitimately has the money to buy WWE. 
it would be the Khan family. They could easily buy the WWE without batting an eye. What if that happens? Now, now I'm not here to debate how likely it is, but let's think about the the, the actual fact that the Just Khan's, the what if. Yeah. Becomes a game changer, and let's see if they do anything different than what WWE did, because... After they beat all their competition, they got complacent. Yep. So the object would be to not only crush the competition, but make it so no other competition could ever come in again. Impact, TNA, they came in a couple years later. Ring of Honor came in just roughly right after Nitro and WCW went down. So there's options that are out there, but it's crushing the competition and keeping them away as opposed to getting complacent. That's personally my opinion to that. Yeah. Uh, So it would be interesting because, I mean, then we get sent down a further rabbit hole, right? It's like if they did that, would Khan keep WWE as more of the sports or the sports entertainment aspect and kind of keep them separate? Or do you just make it another AEW and have it being like warring factions? Or you do do like an NWO, you make it, you make it the inter fucking promotional war. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because it's it's the day and age of social media. It's the day and age of everybody knows what the fuck's going on. Everybody's yeah, smart. I know. There's no reason to try and act like a company is taking over. Be, do some realistic shit. Stab a motherfucker or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy your clams, cocksuckers. <laughs> See, the problem is, is that Nick Khan, he's a, he's a rat, a gnawing, <laughs> cheese-eating fucking rat. The problem is that when it comes down to it, really, is that if I saw, honestly, if I saw Nick Khan today, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. When it comes to wrestling, let's say you have no idea and leave it to that. No idea. Zip. None. If you had an idea of what the WWE was doing, then AEW would be cunts. And they're not cunts, are they? Are you calling them cunts? <laughs> With all due respect, I'm done with your amateur opinion. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe go Maybe fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. All right. Now it's my turn to bring something to the table. Now, I do everything I can to talk about the top, right? The top of wrestling. The top good stuff. The the best wrestlers that we've always loved since we were kids. And you and I absolutely love Harlem Heat, right? I've always been a fan of Booker T. You know what I'm not a fan of? His ass kissing is recently, as he's been doing. And we talked about it recently. He's just as much of a kiss ass as Big Johnny Ace. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't like it. When he was like, oh, well, Aleister Black, you didn't provide anything to get me interested in you. And it's like, no, 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 man. It doesn't matter. If he provided ideas, they would be used. It's it's what, at the end of the day, is being said yes or no, and he's given it. He's just, he's the Robert De Niro in the WWE, right? They just say, here's your script. Here's what you're doing. Go do it, right? Yep. They don't, he's not getting to choose his role. So for Booker to have landed at on Tommy Ender, Alistair Black, eh, screw you. Or now Malachi Black. I got to get used to that. I got to work with that. I, I tend to, you know, same with Daniel Bryan. I got to start remembering Brian Danielson a little yeah. more again. I keep doing it. I, um, I hope he just comes out as just Brian. Just <laughs> Brian. 
I do Brian Dan or play off of WWE. <laughs> Just be Brian. I would fucking love it. Um, but <sighs> Booker T's thoughts on CM Punk and his return to WWE, I think, was kind of some bullshit. Or I'm sorry, not to WWE, to AEW. Um, I'm going to pull up his thoughts right now here. Let's see. We have from Booker T himself. Oh, oh, that's that's not it. Oh, oh, that's a that's a well, that's a naked picture of someone else. <laughs> what we generally do on this podcast is one guy brings the notes and the other guy talks. No ticky, no laundry. <laughs> That wasn't enough time for you to fucking find it? Come on, bro. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Here it is. You know what? I was actually really excited that you did just do that Jack Nicholson line. That's even better. <laughs> See the way we do it here. All right. Here we go. This is from Booker T. CM Punk, he came back and he had 10 full minutes to go out there and make his point as far as CM Punk being back. He had the perfect crowd to be able to go out there and really, I mean, talk about have a party up in that United Center. But CM Punk came back and took his moment and chose to talk about WWE. That right there was just a total miss. Uh, Yeah, we'll get back to that point in a minute. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, Punk, he, he struck out for me. It was the same promo that he had given in WWE. It was about WWE. It had nothing meaningful to it as far as what I'm going to create, who I'm going to blow up, how I'm going to take AEW by coming to uh, coming in being a nice guy and throwing out freezing ice cream bars. Who gives a damn about that? Okay. All right. All right, book. Here's the deal. That's how you create a buzz. If you came over from WCW during the middle of the wars, you cannot tell me you wouldn't have taken a shot at WWE if you could, or at WCW if you could have, if they were wronging you. And that's what a lot of the guys did. And to be honest with you, this was Punk's first time publicly talking about wrestling on a national television. You'd seen him do some interviews, some tweets, some bullshit like that, but he had never actually fully talked about out loud on television his own grievances. And he didn't even talk about WWE that much no. to say that he made he made the center point of it about WWE. All he said was, I was never going to get well in that place, and as long as you guys back me up, I'm here to do this, I'm here to do that. Uh, but I'm also here for me. And Another thing I did see that Booker T talked about, he goes, if The Rock came back and he was in Miami, his hometown, he would have been talking about certain streets in Miami and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah, because he's a kiss-ass and he's looking for cheap pops. Yep. Punk was coming out and being real. So go fuck yourself, Booker. Yeah, pretty. That's, it, how, that's how I feel about Book. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get mad at everybody that has something to say. I'm a realist. I understand this fucking business. Our truth comes out with CM Punk. You lost to me and the Miz because we were hotter than you. Sorry, and I never thought you were impressive at all. Just typical entitlement. Now the reason he did that, him and him and Truth, uh, Punk and Truth, they're actually friends. I think this was Truth having fun. 
I don't think he was being a total dick and being a WWE guy as much as I think Booker T was. I think this is truth having fun. But once again, our truth, as you've called him, what, what do you call him? A, a, a gem? Yeah. Or That's a national, right. a national, national treasure. treasure. Yep. Some guy named Mark Campbell. You know, you all should ignore anything that Ron Killing at Ron Killings has to say about pro wrestling. He gave up being a pro wrestler to be a job or comedian at an entertainment company. Our truth's reply: Yo, mama, a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh... <laughs> Yo, mama, a jobber. That's fucking great. What have I? So yes, you just you just cemented my statement. He is a national treasure. Your mama a jobber. You know, I was like, that's one of the funniest uses of the word jobber I've heard ever. That was fantastic. Oh, look at uh, one thing I will say this week. We do not have a good shit from NWA again. Unfortunately, here's the deal, man. He's recovering from uh, some surgery. We're going to see him back here in a couple of weeks with some good shit. But I got to give props to my man. Remember a couple weeks ago, he goes, Naomi's going to be coming to SmackDown because they're going to make her a part of the bloodline. I go, no, no, no. Uso just needs another driver. Well, it's been said that Naomi is now going to the SmackDown brand to become a part of the storyline for the bloodline. I'll be goddamn. You would think they would be calling Nightwing on a na- on a weekly basis telling him what they're going to do. He has literally laid out this entire last year of this entire family since last summer. Yeah, pretty much. Nailed it, dude. Nailed God it. Goddamn. Like, good for you. I'm really impressed with that. So, we brought good shit to the table for you this week. Now, look at We're going to bring one more new segment to the table this week. I don't have a, a sound bite for it. If it becomes big enough where we could do it, maybe I'll make a sound bite. But I have a comment of the week. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, what did I screenshot this to you 15 yeah. minutes after the episode dropped? So, our new topic is going to be comment of the week where I, this past week, you know, once our newest episode, which was called last week, uh, the week that, uh, the weekend that was. August 2021, where you had everything from Punk to Lynch to uh, Lesnar to Joe, Dragunov, everything. And I posed the question in certain chats or certain groups on Facebook, what do you think the biggest moment of the weekend was? I'm already laughing, Jesus. Um <laughs> What do you think the biggest moment of the weekend was? It's some guy within 15 minutes of this fucking thing being dropped, our episode. He writes, <laughs> Only fans banning porn only to reverse the decision in allowing porn. My mind is fucking blown. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. I mean, it was the biggest <laughs> moment of the weekend. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was. <laughs> I did see a big thing that all the restaurants are going to have waitresses again because all the uh, OnlyFans girls have nothing to do anymore. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, man. It is time, as we always do. Each week, we take a trip into the DeLorean. Last week, we didn't do it. This week, 
we got lucky. So let's talk about the Monday Night Wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Are we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Let me guess, ODM, you grew up in Greece and in downtown Rochester. Well, la fucking da You were a double kid, I bet, huh? One kid with your old man, another kid with your mother, upper middle class during the week, and then you're dropping your R's and hanging in the big bad Avenue D with daddy the fucking donkey on the weekends. I got that right? You had different accents too, didn't you? You little fucking snake. I knew you were like two different people. I got a question. How fucked up are you? <laughs> oh, I had time for it, man. I even had to, I'm like, let me work Rochester shit into here for this one. <laughs> Families are always on the rise and fall in America, right? Who said that? Hot on. What's the matter? You don't know any fucking Shakespeare? <laughs> it's like no matter what came out of his mouth, he was going to shit on it. Do you know what we do? I think I have a little bit of an idea. No, you have no idea, obviously, which we already did. But it's, oh, my God. It's just such a good one. Let's, I mean, here, might as well hit it. We might, it's one of my favorite parts. Let's see if you follow off of this. Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, there's two ways you can go. It's, Let's it's, see if you get it. I can't. I'm tired from fucking your wife. <laughs> How's your mother? Good, tired from fucking my father. <laughs> uh, one of the finer roles of Alec Baldwin. He's so funny in this movie. Oh, There's a lot of real funny shit in this. I Where he flips out on the guy? Scene. Who put oh the cameras God. in the bag? <laughs> Come here, I just want to talk to you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. All right, let's 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 get into the Monday Night Wars. Now, last week... We said we were going to hold off and do all of Monday Night Wars this week because everybody's mind was completely on everything that was happening with SummerSlam, TakeOver, Punk, everything. But it worked in our favor. (laughs) Here I thought we were going to have to double down and watch two Raws, two Nitros without planning and with luck on our side because, hey, man, Life has kicked us both in the nuts, left and right lately, so it's been perfect timing for us to have a little less than we needed to do, to catch up at least. Raw was off both last week and this week in 96. Do you have any reason why? Did you look into it? Was I it didn't Olympics look into it, but I, I liked your hypothesis, which is it was the Summer Olympics. 
It had to be. I mean, it was 96. That's the only thing I can assume. Yeah. It was either that or Wimbledon. That's the only thing I remember them being bounced off yeah. TV for. Or, or sometimes they did it for the dog show for some weird reason when they would bring on the dog show at night. Wasn't a bad replacement. I was okay with yeah, that. Yeah, right. Well, it wouldn't be nowadays either. I mean, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm glad that, well, let's just say Nitro, I think they won both of these weeks, hands down, compared to Raw. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> but what's funny is that next week, our Raw that we're going to be dealing with is actually a Friday one. So that being said, I think it probably most likely it, it had to be. They did a, it was a Friday and a Monday. So there'll be two Raws. So we just caught it on the back end. Well, we got lucky. So, but I am excited because these are two very busy weeks with Nitro. And I think you would agree with me. So why don't we start running down everything that happened? We'll start with last week, which was August 26, right? Correct. Hit it off. All right. So, obviously, no Raw. Uh, open up talking about the countdown to the Fall Brawl, uh, which is coming up September 15th. They're also pushing Halloween Havoc at this time, which is hilarious because a few people kind of get stumbled on, like, which pay-per-view they're hyping up. Uh, open up hot with Billy Kidman versus Juventud Guerrero. It's well, debut. Oh, can you, do you want to allude to why that they're, they don't even know what pay-per-view they're hyping up? No? Maybe not? Too early. Oh, is it because it's War Games? Well, there's that, but they're also pre-talking about who's going to be fight, uh, facing Hogan at the pay-per-view after that. Ah, so yes. what, that's it, they start talking about Halloween Havoc, and they've thrown themselves off, is what you were kind of saying. Like they several times throughout the night, they've messed this up, and so I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, stick to one pay-per-view. I feel like you shouldn't announce Savage that early, but if you're trying to sell tickets, I guess okay, good job. Yeah, you're right, because at War Games, it's going to be the NWO versus Team WCW, and then at Halloween Havoc, it'll be Hogan defending his title. So, yeah, so they're trying to cram both things in, and, yeah, it, it definitely did confuse them. Uh, but we got Hoovy's debut in WCW. Uh, this is hilarious because uh, Tanay is not on this match, but Shivani's taking his place, putting over the names of every Mexican move. Uh, and kind of nailing it. It was uh, something we're not used to seeing. Uh, Hoovy wins. Not just Hoovy. I mean, this is Hooventude, the, the man we just saw on AEW a couple of weeks ago against Jericho, going back to all those years ago. And I, I, did you forget that when we were starting this show and going back that we were going to actually get to see the debuts of certain people? I'm like, once I saw Mysterio, Malenko, and everybody already there, I was like, yeah, they were here, right? Even when we began in 96 in the beginning. But then when they said this is Hoovy's first match, I go, wow, this yeah. is cool. I'd... We get to critique his very first match on Nitro. I thought it was cool. And we have a couple of things like that. So I was, did you even think we'd be reliving debuts? Hoovy wasn't I mean? on my in radar. Hoovy wasn't on my radar, but it's hilarious right. just given recent events. Another debut that's coming up. That one I knew, honestly, I thought it was a few months later than now. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, so it was a pleasant surprise. The Glacier's probably on the way at some point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll get to that, too, later. Um, what followed the match was extremely uncomfortable. Gene saying... Oh, I that's a word you're going to go with? All right, that's fair. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Gene saying, I know you know speaky. No comprende, amigo. <laughs> Hoovy gets heat for speaking Spanish, and it was just awkward. 
It was just awkward as fuck. I didn't know how to react to it. I was like, <laughs> is it the crowd was just like pro non-Mexican wrestlers or it, it was like, we don't speak English here or we, we don't speak anything but English here, boy. And they're like, boom. Because as soon as he started going Spanish, instant booze. I was like, instant. Oh, that's a dick crowd, man. Like he's supposed to be like. The, the good guy in the match. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, and well, I don't know. The they funniest part is yeah. when he goes to deliver the final part of his promo. Okay. He did a lot in, in, uh, geez, in Spanish. And he, we've seen Guerrero. We've seen Mysterio do it right. Where you do like 85% English, 15% Spanish, right? You know, they right. throw it in there a little bit every And I always love it. Because you could be saying whatever you want, and I think it's awesome because whatever you're saying, it's a very special nod and message to your heritage and the people who are uh, watching. Always love that. Problem was, Guerrera could not transition from after speaking Spanish back to English, and he goes, in Mexico, we have a saying, yeah. You do, uh, I, and Gene goes, well, that's it, man. And Gene wrapped it up. He couldn't transition. I go, oh, oh my God, it was bad. And then you see, you it was like, it was the Oscars and you talked way too long. They cranked up the music and kicked him the fuck off. But you see Okerlund turn to him afterwards and be like, he said, you don't know what he's saying, but it was probably something like either A, don't let it bother you. The crowd just turned on you, you know, right. or get your shit together next time, pal. <laughs> I had a mic in your face. It's one or the other. I don't know which one it was, but that was a hysterical moment. You yeah. said it was uncomfortable. I thought it was awesome. It was a great way to start off that that show. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not the only uh, Oscars cutoff that we're going to get tonight, uh, but we'll get there. Uh, speaking of That's closer, true. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's, it, well, we'll get there. Uh, there's a, a well. The a truth new... is, man, I gotta be. I, I hate to cut you off. I just oh, need no, you, you know, don't. You like to do it. this always, always. I just need you to know, man. When we're watching this kind of stuff. I, I don't want to be a product of the wrestling environment. I want the wrestling environment to be a product of me and who I am. All right. We just shoehorn that one in there. <laughs> well, all right. I, you know what? I'm on probation. I don't talk for the next minute. Go ahead. All right. Suck my dick. There's no promotion in it, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we had a uh, we got a new glacier promo. Now he's got like you know the fighting staff and the sword, and they're just going full Mortal Kombat on this one. Uh, so yeah, I, the I'm only sure. thing it's doing for me, yeah, I didn't go a whole minute. Uh, the only thing it's doing for me is making me want to play Mortal Kombat. It doesn't even make me want to watch his debut. I'm like, man, where's my Super Nintendo at? Man, I could really go for some MK3 right now. Yeah, it would be better than his debut and his career, I'm sure. Uh, they start talking about uh, war games coming up at Fall Brawl. Uh, Luger and Sting are volunteering to team with Flair and Anderson to face the NWO at war games. Um, do you remember this war games? I remember the outcome. I don't remember anything other than the outcome. Okay. Well, all right. 
Go back and listen to our and about the best never movies. watched the entire pay per view either. Oh. So that's going to be even more interesting for me because, sure, I've never seen you know anything other than the outcome of it, maybe through highlights, but right. I haven't watched the entire pay per view. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see some new matches. Old new matches. Old new matches. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after that, we get a, a weird tag team. It's Marcus Bagwell and Jim Powers. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Bagwell's partner was taken out, uh, still out uh, from the NWO attack. They're with Teddy Long, taking on Big Bubba and Taskmaster. Um, I really, uh, yeah. So Powers uh, ends up hitting Jimmy Hart's head on the turnbuckle. Gets a massive pop. So there's a three count. But Patrick says, no, no, no. His shoulder was up. Restarts it, and Bubba Big gets Bubba's. a quick pin. Yep. Yep. So they're in the ring with Gene. Bubba calls out Glacier. <laughs> Who's this Glacier? Keep seeing all these promos. I don't like him. Come at me, boy. He said, come at me, boy. I was excited about that one. Good promo, Big Bubba. And he said that he should be in line for the world championship shot. Yeah. <laughs> great, yep. great promo. Uh, no, you're way Wait, off. You know what? One. Hey, Bubba, you got rid of the hat. That's all that matters to me. You, you, you're not wearing that leather the way it. that you were. It looks like you've gotten into black denim. I'm down with that. That's cool. But definitely, uh, you're not in line for a world title shot. However, calling out Glacier. I have that here. I go, oh, my God, is this the first person to actually call out Glacier? <laughs> and I then decided to do a little research and how we, I, I was like, I don't want to spoil it for myself, but I was like, when the fuck does this guy debut? I'm like, for real? I'm like, I'm actually getting annoyed seeing these promos. But then finally Big Bubba does uh, call him out. So, But then... S- do you want to talk about Kevin Sullivan's accusations? I found them weird. Yeah, it was really weird because the way that they're this and something else that occurs later in the show, the way that they approach it is really weird. It almost seems like fumbling, like they're trying to like do too much misdirection. Taskmaster basically says he saw Mean Gene on a boat with Hogan a week ago. And then you're like, whoa, that's weird. And then Gene says, well, it wasn't me. It was Bischoff. Well, how the fuck do you know Bischoff was on a boat with Hogan? It's funny because now that we know the whole Bischoff thing, I'm like, oh, did they plant the seed this early? Nah, or are they just throwing names around? But it's funny to even say, no, for Gene to be like, that wasn't me. That was uh, Eric Bischoff. You could have said Big Bubba Rogers, and I would have been like, well, it's close. You both have goatees, and you both have a pretty bald head. Bischoff's hair is jet black, pretty long, and he's clean baby shaved, or a uh, baby face type shaved. You know right. what I mean? Like, so, yeah, it was weird that he name dropped him, but it's weird that everybody's accusing Mean Gene. I gotta be honest, the more I started thinking of it, I was like, could you imagine if they had had their own heel announcer? That would have been smart. I don't, they never did it, I don't think. I mean, we had their heel managers that they bring in and stuff, and referees as we're starting to see but god what a missed opportunity could you imagine if gene had turned heel and joined the nwo <laughs> i couldn't see it i couldn't i can't envision what, it what do you mean him get just being a dirty old man it's him <laughs> true. all he yeah. had to do was just take off the uh filter <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah that's a good call <laughs> fuck it all <laughs> <laughs> fuck it we're live <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was weird. Uh, and then Gene back with Luger and Sting. They're going to be facing Mongo and Benoit tonight. Mongo, Mongo and Benoit, even though they acquiesced and allowed them to take their spots at War Games, uh, they're a little butt hurt about it and they want to fight about it. Uh, after that, we get Mike Enos versus Chavo Guerrero. Uh, this was a weird one. They show Conan in the crowd. He's in like in his kind of like you know the initial LAX you know fucking cholo gangster fucking pose, mean mug into the camera. So that was cool. Yep. Uh, Enos and Slater try to pull a switcheroo. It ends up backfiring, and Chavo still ends up getting the the pin. Uh, Jeans with Chavo calls out DDP. They have a match coming up at Fall Brawl. Uh, not the greatest promo by Chavo. Chavo. But- I don't know, man. Chavo's promo was like watching a perfect uh, CM Punk promo compared to watching Hoovy's promo in the first part. So when Chavo did it, maybe I was just so impressed to go, that was a really good promo by Chavo. (laughs) It must have been just what I had seen before me. (laughs) Could be. I don't blame you for that one. Uh, After that, we get JL. I don't remember JL's, what it stands for. Uh, I did look that up once, but... it's just his name. It was J dot L dot. But the problem is he comes out head to toe minus the mouth area for your Lucha mask mm. in purple. And I go, oh, Ray Mysterio's coming out using his uh, purple getup already. <laughs> and they go, JL. I go, why are they going to have a guy that looks just like Ray Mysterio? Size, height, statue, everything, all that, right? Yeah. His opponent, <laughs> Ray Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. I had the same exact reaction. Oh, I laughed so hard at that one. Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. Uh, this was a busy match. Uh, it's leading up to yeah. hour two. There was other stuff that they were focusing on during this. Uh, they're going the back. This is where Hogan and uh, the Outsider spray paint the production truck with NWO for life. Uh, Malenko ends up coming out to watch the match. Obviously, he still has heat with Mysterio. Um, and then at one point in the match... Mysterio like insisted that they do like an actual mat grappling style. Um, that lasted Which about is weird for Lucha, but yeah, I... and it okay. lasted like ten seconds. Yeah, and JL just healed on him, so that was that. Uh, not much to report there. Uh, jeans with Benoit Mongo and the ladies. A uh, woman asked how Jean's friend Hogan is. <laughs> exactly my point. You see. Yeah. But it's cool because, you know what, it's everybody's blaming everybody because uh, we've already seen some people turn and they're saying there's going to be more down the road. So why not start blaming everybody and start to see who's going to crack? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they do a recap of uh, Macho facing Hogan for the title at Halloween Havoc. Uh, Gene is with Macho this time, and Macho is still killing it with the promos. Still has the fire. Still fucking one of the best. I do. I did like in the interview with Benoit Mongo, woman, you got to stop doing that on TV, touching him. And then he turns to Elizabeth and she goes, oh, I can't control her. You know that. <laughs> Good moment. No, uh, it's fantastic. Jim, this was actually a really heavy uh, Mean Gene episode. Yeah, he was. I mean, more than normal. Good amount. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next, we get uh, Jim Duggan versus the Giant. Uh, this is when Ted DiBiase shows up, and I and I want to talk about you know the one thing. Um, you know damn well how this was going to end. Duggan tries to use the tape. Giant no sells it, and Giant just fucking choke slams him to hell. Uh, you know I've oh, said it was it be- awesome. 
I was so happy that that yep. tape thing. I was like, oh, this could be the end of it. Yay. Let's hope so. <laughs> Fucking, I, you know, I've said it before. This is, I love, this is when the giant was young. He was in shape, was in shape as he ever was, you know, at that point. Uh, but his choke slams were great. He'd get them up. He'd hold them no matter how big they were. And he would come down with them like it was forceful. Fucking loved it. Held Duggan like he was Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Like it was not an issue for him. Got to be honest, man, at this point, we've said it so many times, but at this point in the Giants' uh, career in 96, he is unstoppable. Like, he people, he has an immaculate record. People like a guy with an immaculate record. And he's over. I have an immaculate record. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was worked in perfectly. Thank you. Well Another done. Baldwin. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I do like the... Oh, yeah, it's working uh, over time. time. He, goes, he goes, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Qui pro bono, you know, who goes, Qui gives a shit. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Have you ever, a little sidetrack to this movie, but with the movie, have you ever watched the theory that, um, and I'm going to preface this now, I don't care. It's just the, the part of the movie that I feel like they're trying to hint at, but you just don't. They don't fully say is that the character Sullivan, the the cop, will say, which is Damon, is gay, but they're not telling you throughout the whole yes. thing because like he has issues. So you have you seen or heard mm-hmm. that theory? I, I have not seen that as an official theory, but I came to that conclusion myself. No shit. Okay. It took a YouTube video to tell me it, and I thought it was really interesting because, yeah. like, the part when after they're done uh, playing with uh, the firemen in the rugby game and stuff, you can't stop <laughs> saying, like, uh, gay First slurs. First time in fire or pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go save a tree. Or go save a cat in a tree. <laughs> but, um, but that, he can't perform with the woman. Uh, all that stuff, and I was like, wow. So it totally throws the game when you're watching it again. You're like, because I, I prepped. I watched the movie. I'm like, very well done if that's what they did. That's a, Is this a Scorsese flick? Yeah. You know why you know that? There's a Rolling Stones song in there. Exactly, <laughs> and it's the same one he uses in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's there move on go. to Nitro. All right. Well, uh, so – they uh, after the match they cut to DiBiase. Now this is what I want to talk about because I you know in all the Monday Night War, you know uh, episodes on Pekak, uh they show Pekak. him they show DiBiase and he you know, he holds up one finger goes to two goes to three goes to four and they stop there and then they cut away to something else right. So I had always wondered not in not in in the the clip that they use within the Monday Night War series. They cut oh, after he goes to four. Okay, but wait, I'm be- but so, hang so on, I'm, on the I'm, actual show though. Was it there? No, the right thing. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yep. So okay. I always saw that, not remembering the episode and being like, "Is he joining? Like, was he teasing joining the Four Horsemen or something?" But no, because when you see the full clip in context, like I did when we rewatched this episode, was yeah, he holds up the four and then he says next week, and he makes it five. Right. So they didn't, they never did that in the series when they used that clip. They cut that piece out. So it was just really weird to actually get to see it in context now. Which it's okay because they work it. They do. Into the, the storyline because they're like, is he going to be the fifth horseman? I'm like, 
are you guys fucking idiots? The, the NWOs just said they're bringing more members, and you guys are like, oh, maybe there's more horsemen. Maybe the four horsemen after the last 30 years will be the five horsemen. God, you guys are fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that it, bothered it was, me. It's easy to look back in hindsight and say that, but you know, at, even at the time, it seemed like really crappy misdirection. Uh, they shouldn't have even done it. Uh, so Gene, after that, cuts a promo with Giant and Hart, uh, basically talking about Macho Man. They got a little hate with each other. And then uh, after Giant spits all over the camera lens, Gene takes out a handkerchief and wipes off the fucking camera lens. <laughs> and says, geez, these guys are messy. <laughs> He's on fire in this episode. He is. I'm telling you. Uh, after that, a quick match. We got Rock and Roll Express versus Flair and Anderson again. Uh, and this is where they're speculating on if DiBiase is joining the Horsemen or the NWO. Uh, and, you know, Gene does an interview post-match, obviously. Best part. Best part of the episode. I had no idea that this is the episode that Chris Jericho, babyface Chris Jericho, makes his debut. Uh, come on, baby! Come on! I was just going to do it. I loved it. It was so awesome. Come on! It's fucking great. Um, Bischoff uh, and Heenan are actually putting Jericho over in this match. Uh, but there is one point where Bischoff's just gushing about him, and Heenan goes, did you co-sign a house with him? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, one. Because normally it's like... Why don't you marry him? But that's even better. <laughs> Would you co-sign a house with him? <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Um, the, the ending the, is the, weird. What's that? The ending is so weird. Well, yeah, so it's weird. Well, what's even weirder is Bischoff calls Jericho a young lion, which he was already Lionheart. So, you know, they're they're working on that. Uh, and he, he goes, man, he just got a wall of Jericho. Yes, I heard that too. And I was like, he didn't do the walls of Jericho. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but they just kind of brought it up. Um, so uh, Alex Wright ends up like hitting his head on the rail. Uh, ref's about to count him out, and Jericho's like, no, I don't want to win that way. And calls for a no contest. Crowd is booing the shit out of him. Heenan's clowning him. Um, and Gene calls it. Yeah, he's uh, like, you know, take the win. You came here to debut and, exactly. and get a win. And he goes, take the, take the damn win. Yeah, it was really stupid. It was stupid, but this was the best part. Uh, Gene calls it a breath of fresh air. Jericho cuts a babyface promo. Um, and after Jericho walks away, Alex Wright tries to start talking. And Gene's like, I'm sorry, but we're out of time. I don't think I've ever heard Alex Wright on the mic. <laughs> well, we didn't this day either. <laughs> it was so great because he's selling. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just and Gene's like, I'm sorry, but we got to go. Dude, this I'm telling you easily, like Gene for the MVP. This is his show. <laughs> right? He has been on fire. Oh, it was great. Uh, Steiners versus Blue Bloods. Uh, this time it's uh, Bobby Eaton and Dave Taylor. Uh, Blue Bloods are arguing over who's going to start. Rick jump starts everything. Um, it was I. I called a spot before it happened. I don't remember this match, but I knew where they were going to go, and they almost had it, and they almost killed themselves. Uh, basically, the Bloods put Rick in the Doomsday Device. It goes for the clothesline, and Rick, while he's on top of somebody's shoulders, reverses it into a belly to belly. Like I called it. I'm like, he's going to fucking, and they fucking they, Rick landed on his head. Um, yep. So, but they got the pen. It was a cool spot. Uh, it was a good. Uh, Good-ish attempt, I guess. Um, 
and the Steiners are interviewing with Gene while the Blue Bloods fight each other, <laughs> and they just fight off. But do you hear Rick on the mic? Get him, Bobby! <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're cheering him on as they fight each other. It's fucking great. You know, I think we need to have live announcing while matches are going on. Let the crowd hear what you're doing. That'd be kind of fun. What he just did right there was hysterical. I thought it was great. Yep. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. All right. So we've got our main event, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is Sting and Luger versus Benoit Mongo. Um, Bischoff calls his shot saying DBS is joining the horsemen again with the misdirection. Uh, Hogan ends up coming to the ring and he's fending off Mongo. Hall comes out of nowhere and fucking murders him. It was fucking great. Nash shows up. It's a DQ, obviously. Heenan bounces again as soon as they show up. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, this is where they say. Ever since that Benoit incident <laughs> where he touches his jacket, any form of fuckery at the ringside. Oh, I'm out of here. I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> yep. It's fucking great. Uh, this is they just clean I'm house. surprised he never joined the NWO. Let me say that right now. Of all the people you could have had been a mouth for you and a total heel, I am so shocked. But I also like that he still shit on WCW heel wrestlers. Right. And the NWO. So he was just heel all around. It, I was just surprised he never did. That just kind of boggled my yeah, mind. Yeah, he's a flair guy. I think that's the way they were kind of pushing it. Okay. So, you know. Uh, yeah, dude, they clear house. They spray paint NWO on anybody. This is, uh, Hogan gets flare in the eyes with the paint and spray paints his fucking hair, uh, black. Um, dude, this is the worse. iconic hair yep. with a giant skunk streak mm-hmm. type thing going down the middle of his head. I go, wow. I remembered it happened too. And I was like, that's, that's flares blonde hair. Yeah. I've never seen him with spray oh, paint. Oh, and they mentioned it, it too. Maybe pink after, you know, bleeding a lot, but man, well, it was just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was worse than Hogan's turn with the amount of full cups of liquid being thrown at the ring. Like food was being thrown. Dude, it was worse. You know, fucking Nash, Nash. had a couple of good swats. Oh, he did. He, he fended off several of them, like almost like it was someone going for a basket and he uh, blocked perfectly. Yep, it was great. But they were soaked. Like, they were literally soaked when they left the ring. All of them. Hard to tell with a razor with the fucking uh, Denim Dan outfit. But, you know. Yeah, but it was crazy. There was just shit all over the place. Um, Yeah, they go up to commentary, take over there. Hogan spray paints NWO on the uh, WCW logo. And we end with a shot of DiBiase. Doing the, it was a slow mo of his one, two, three, four, five. Yep. What's funny about this is this is where uh, he gets to the desk and Hogan does almost like the here's Johnny. Yes. Yeah. Here's the NWO. But then he does a little knock to his old commercial, his old right guard commercial. Yes. It used to be <laughs> anything less would be uncivilized. And what he says is anything less would be too civilized with all the carnage that they just did. I go, oh, nice little nod to your commercial. Thought it was excellent. Because uh, it's the Hollywood Hogan, right? Yep. Not the first time he's actually going to make another reference in this exact conversation because on to the second week of Nitro we go. All right, September 2nd. Again, no raw. Uh, we're two days shy of Nitro's one-year anniversary. 
Uh, they're mentioning it. They didn't do anything over the top to celebrate it, but they certainly mentioned it a couple times. Um, holy crap, Shivani's shirt. Did he just move to New Mexico? I was like, it was like half Western, half Denim Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. Uh, we get a recap of the NWO and DiBiase from last week. Uh, start off DDP versus Alex Wright. Uh, DDP got a pretty good pop for uh, hitting the diamond cutter. Uh, yep. It was really interesting to see that. Um, I think people are liking it because he does it from different areas. He does it from different. It's the original. Know, off the rope. Off. It, it's it, the original it, RKO out of nowhere. Exactly. So it was, I think that's what people are really liking the maneuver. They don't, they hated him on promo. Yep. But good maneuver, man. That's cool. We'll pop every time you do that. Anybody who could do like a 450 splash, Justin Gabriel in the Nexus, they got booed. But he did that splash, and everybody's like, yeah, good job, dude. Yeah, do it to McMahon. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what I what came next was great. Uh, Gene was with ref Nick Patrick uh, telling Gene he's stirring controversy and cuts a heel promo. Um Called Gene a liar. Said he's gonna he's gonna call it straight down the middle. He basically cut a big boss man promo. Oh, he went to the art school of Ray Trailer when it came to acting on the mic. Absolutely, <laughs> because that's exactly what he sounded like. Um, it, it, but yeah, I, I just wrote, "Wow, Nick Patrick heel promo." I'm surprised he even said anything prior to his full heel. But um, it's funny because they give you one little thing to make him seem like he's an asshole or a badass. The earring. Because what other referee has an earring? This guy, he's got to be a dick. He's got to be a traitor. I don't know why. It just, I'm like, no one else has an earring. But they also debut another referee later in the night. They're like, this is his first night here. So yeah. it's like, you're starting to see that shift as it is. But I mean, yeah, he already called the bullshit thing last week with the, uh, Jim Powers putting his arm up, or no, Ray Trailer put, or uh, Big Bubba putting his arm up, and they right. restart the match. Weird fuckery, but it continues more again this week too. So, yay! Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. So uh, after that, we've got Gene in the back with Colonel Parker and Sister Sherry. Parker's got a couple of gifts, and Sherry opens. She's talking about he's going to come down to his ranch, and it's a leather cowgirl vest. And then the next one, I think, is assless chaps. I thought it was a crotchless chaps or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I will move on from that one. Uh, so Harlem Heat is fighting Greg Valentine and Buddy Valentino. Uh, DiBiase. Uh, bro, tell me, was Buddy Valentino Playboy Buddy Rose? Uh, I don't know. All right, we'll go ahead and talk about what's going on in this match. I'm going to Google that one. Okay. Uh, so uh, Mike Tanay has been announced that he's now part of the Nitro team, and he'll be on weekly. Um, at one point during the match, Stevie Ray completely whiffs a kick that was still sold. So that was great. Uh, afterwards you get me and Gene with Harlem heat. They're going to be facing the nasty boys at fall brawl, bro. Nasty boys come out of nowhere and send Stevie Ray right into the fucking side of the ring. Full tilt. It looked nasty. It did not look good. Uh, they hit a spike pile driver. Nasty boy. Yeah. I already did that one. You can't steal my shit. Um, <laughs> and they just cleared house. I was so. right. It was Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh, he was go. just he had different names everywhere he went apparently and that was one of them. All right. Uh I don't like that it's the Nasty Boys versus Harlem Heat at the next pro, at the next pay-per-view. Me neither. Like, Come on. yeah, well. Yeah. All right. Hey man, you know what I haven't seen in a minute. It was a glacier, a glacier promo. promo. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good Mortal thing we got Kombat one. 3. <laughs> Look at all, all right. the blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, two weeks in a row we get Chris Jericho, this time in a match with Dean Malenko. Obviously, we know this is going places. Uh, Tanae's on commentary for this one. Tanae's putting over Jericho. We get some ECW chants, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's got on his Lionheart gear. Uh, DiBiase ends up getting up and leaving at this point, and Jericho fucking wins. Uh, I was surprised about that. It was a, yeah. a, a roll-up after kind of like a you know a counter, but it was really, yep. I was like, wow, he beat Malenko. Malenko's supposed to be heading into face Mysterio at the next pay-per-view, and he just takes a loss to a guy who's on his second match, and in his first match he's like, no, 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 I don't like to win by count-out. Yeah, wow. right? Well, you here's think the, Jericho is about to be pushed to the moon. Here's the fucked up thing. So the story that you always hear is Jericho came in, they were pushing him, and then he got lost in the shuffle with the NWO and he turned heel and started going into business for himself pretty much. I have a funny feeling he's going to turn heel very soon. So like I think this is going to be like eye awakening as far as like the timeline of events as they're told to us by Jericho and WWE and Bischoff, as opposed to what actually plays out on TV. But we'll get there when we get there. I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, That's cool. Yeah. And then Jericho celebrated with a bunch of frat boys that were there. Like, literally, they were all wearing their, their T-shirts and hats. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, we get a quick Mysterio and El Gallo promo for their match coming up. Uh, Brad Armstrong versus the Giant. Uh, dude, yeah, I put it in the notes. Giant is over as fuck. Um, Zabisco says the giant makes the national debt seem small. Lulls. Um, <laughs> we get <laughs> we get the limo pulling up. Real name, Mister French. Yeah, <laughs> this is my contra fucking band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you gonna stop selling coke with your jerk off cousin? <laughs> Giant is distracted and preoccupied during this match. They keep talking about it, but you get a big pop for the choke slam, and that match is over. Um, we get the uh, black and white NWO video promo, just Hogan this time, basically cutting a promo on WCW staying in flair. Uh, hour two, we get a shot of the limo. Uh, Mike Tanay's on commentary with Bischoff and Heenan, which is pretty cool. I'm not a big fan of three-man booths, as you know, but... You know, it's 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 different. It's refreshing. It's the time, so we go with it. Uh, we get Ron Studd again uh, against Macho Man. Uh, they actually talk about him being Big Big John Studd's protege. Uh, Tanay said, so I don't know if that's a work or a shoot, but all right, we'll go with it. He did uh, say that he was that giant was Andre, the giant's son, when he first came in. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good point. Uh, they cut back to the limo. NWO's getting out. Hogan sees the camera, tells him to get out of there. Uh, it's another hour two win for Macho. That's pretty much their thing right there. Uh, and Macho cuts another fucking massive promo at the end. Fucking great. Uh, Steiner Brothers versus Sting and Luger. Again. For the 5,000th time. Uh, Horsemen run out. It turned into a fucking, uh, not Monty Python, but a fucking uh, Benny Hill sketch. Where the horsemen run out to the limo. Nobody's in the limo. So they start running to the back again. Um, Nick, there was a shove. And then Nick Patrick called for the bell and it was a DQ. Because, because he got hit in the arm <laughs> by Luger's arm bouncing off of a move, and he called for the bell. Yep. Stupidest 
shit ever. But, okay, you are definitely hitting home that this dude's about to be heel, let alone that promo. But now this, I mean, that was two face teams and you called a DQ. How the hell was that supposed to happen? Yep. <laughs> and then the Benny Hill sketch continues because Sting and Luger <laughs> just run down Patrick to the back. And we're not done yet. We're not even close no. to done. So we've got... The... Sting's not done either when he gets to the uh, the limo. Yeah. So we've got Dungeon of Doom uh, in this iteration. It's Taskmaster, the Faces of Fear, and Bubba. Uh, and they're taking on the Four Horsemen. Uh, the first note that I wrote for this is, I don't know who is worse, Deborah or Mongo. <laughs> That's the first thing that I, I think that Mongo goes to the acting school of somewhere <laughs> that's not Big Boss Man. I don't know who it is, but Deb- he's going home like Deborah. This is the points I ca- I took off of it. I don't remember much. You don't know I'm pretty much concussed all the time. And she's like, "All right, that works." No, they're both very shitty actors. Yeah, Mongo fell flat on his face twice right in the beginning of the match. Uh, bricked a move off the top and second buckle. Tried to go up to the top, slipped, fucked up the move. Yeah, he missed an axe handle and then just stood there. He landed flat on his feet, didn't hit anything, and then just stood there. It was fucking terrible. Um, like, uh, like he could actually, like, as he sat there, I, I feel like in his mind he's like, "Where's the reset button? There's got to be something I can do." Because well, he I just, felt like he did look pretty, like a deer in headlights. For yeah, a second. like he didn't know should I sell this or should I just stand yeah. here? It was fucking awkward as hell. Um, so yeah, so we go to the back. Sting and Luger are still running down Patrick. They get to the limo. Patrick powders off to the right. You see DiBiase get in the limo, and then. Sting throws a brick through the window of the limo, and then Luger and Sting just steal a cop car to chase him. Because, you know, and the cop was right there. He didn't do shit. (laughs) Bad boys, what you want, what you want. They didn't do shit. They did go back to the cop later, and he was there on the the walkie-talkie-talkie to someone, but I was like, bro, you just let two guys... One in just fucking underwear, just black underwear, and the other one with face paint and no shirt and a pink tights. <laughs> Run off in your fucking cop car. Excellent scene. Well, we're, we're not done because this thing, this whole main event was eventful as fuck. Uh, we come back and then Bischoff just starts plugging in Ali documentary that's supposed to be happening on TNT. Mentions the trip to Korea, uh, which was cool. Uh, this devolves into a brawl. Benoit just starts being in a... Okay, I want to rephrase how I want to say that because given the scenario. You're about to say an abusive person or something, weren't you? <laughs> Benoit starts uh, jawing. Laying Bibles next. To- wow. Wow. That was too wow. far. That was. I see. You went way too far with that one. Jesus, man. Wow. Too soon. I. You said I went too far? I. He went too fucking far. I didn't go far. Move on. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but it was weird because Benoit starts yelling at woman. Woman helps Flair with the figure four with the leverage, gets the win, and then woman starts yelling at Benoit. It was weird. Uh, then the NWO comes out, Heenan powders again, uh, and this is this is where we get our fourth member. This is when the giant comes out and fucking just turns on his old stable and joins the NWO. First uh, choke slamming uh, barbarian. Yep. And then Haku wow. right after, yeah, or Mang, yeah. I forgot when 
I knew he was joining NWO, but this is one of those. This was kind of like seeing Jericho's debut. I was like, oh god, this is this is when he joins. It's cool to see when everybody was joining in, and I mean, to me and you, while rewatching it, we're like, where the fuck was everybody? He lost that title in. All of NWO came out and kicked his ass, and not one Dungeon member came out. Perfect people to turn on. That was awesome. Great turn. Absolutely. Until. Until. <laughs> I've got right, a lot of notes left, so. <laughs> Until what? Oh, I, you, you do? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you tell me if I miss something here. Um, trash. Go ahead. Fun. Please finish, because I'm going to lose my goddamn mind in a minute. Go ahead. The, so, the, that... Giant turning actually got a really big pop. Uh, there's still tr- tons of trash flying. Macho comes out, cleans house with a chair. Hogan takes him down. This is where they paint the yellow spine on him. Uh, another three yeah. leg drops to him. Uh, NWA's keeping everybody at bay out of the ring while he does that. NWO goes back to the announce table. Hogan suggests there's going to be eight members. Uh, okay, well, I'm sure we're going to get there and more. Um, Giant is trying to cut a promo and... He never gets there because Hogan keeps interrupting him. The Dungeon and the Horsemen come after the NWO. Uh, the the most sketchiest chair they can find is being thrown around like a fucking rag doll. Uh, yeah, and Giant never gets through the promo. Because <laughs> the, the poor guy, he finally just gives up and fucking walks away. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. Giant could not take a fucking hint that fuck your story. He was trying to say that DeBiase called him and said, let's talk business. Right. So now it's basically apparent that DeBiase 100% is in in the NWO, and number five is the Giant. Now, what's funny is that he, he he's like, and he brought, he goes, and he called me in my mediocre home. And I was like, that's a weird fucking description to talk about. Yeah, right. And then... He goes, and he brought me to Hulk's 60,000 foot, or 60,000 square foot mansion. Then Hogan comes over and goes, spit on this. And it was the logo. And <laughs> everybody logo. starts hawking hard-ass loogies onto this uh, Nitro logo. He throws it down. He goes, and when I was in this 60,000 foot mansion, and I... Oh, here comes the dungeon. Let's get back to fighting. He goes to it, and then he picks back up same fucking words. He goes, as I was saying before I was interrupted, his beefy 60-foot mansion. I mean, it really sounded like it was really fucking bad, dude. It was so It was bad. Fuck it. I was like, stop talking about the goddamn mansion. Just be like, and I said, yes. Just be like, and I joined the NWO. Say anything, man. He could not take a hint that he could move on from that mansion. But he had to keep letting us know square footage. It was a beefy mansion. It wasn't. I don't think he said beefy. It wasn't one Mercedes. <laughs> it was five Mercedes. He didn't have oh three Harleys. God. He had 12 Harleys. And Hogan even helps him. He goes, I'll get you all that, big man, as long as you're here with us with the NWO. I'm like, cool, he brought it home. That's when the dungeon comes over. They start fighting, and he goes back. He goes, when I was in the mansion, I go, oh, oh, my God, we're back in the mansion. <laughs> but then Hogan knocks a table over, and or no, they start knocking everything over, and then Giant knocks the table over and like gives it like a final kick, and the, the microphone goes off, and I go, well, thank God for that. And I was like, what do you bet 
on the way back through the crowd, he turned to a kid and he goes, and in that mansion. <laughs> <laughs> he got through that story eventually. Bro, he couldn't let a guy seriously. All right, there may have been a chicken nugget involved with the ending of this part of the show, but oh my God, I was cracking up. I was like, I've... But the thing is, we've been saying for weeks, yo, he is solid on promos, man. He could not take a hint on this mansion no. story. <laughs> no, he had a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Thank God they had no one rivaling him that, uh, rivaling him that, that night because uh, Raw wasn't there. So even as he talked about that beefy mansion, it's uh, you won either way. But now we have five members to the NWO. I don't even want to say, man, we're off to the races. The races are gone, are on, man, and, and WCW really isn't a very solid lead. I mean, the next pay-per-view we're going to get for WCW, the main event, is four uh, NWO members, which is most likely who we all see, Giant, Nash, Hall, and Hogan. I would assume, you know, I'm sorry, we have Luger, Sting, Flair, and Arn, the most experienced to the war games. I know I only know how it ends that whole match, but you take a look at that match. That gives you a lot to look at. And then the upcoming pay-per-view for WWF at this point is just Michaels and Mankind. Yep. So unless they're putting the strap on Mankind, which most likely not, eh, I'm just saying WCW is killing them right now. I didn't think it was just ratings war because people just thought WCW was a fresh, uh, yeah, a breath of fresh air, but, no, man, they were really providing much better programming. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, too, that lineup for Team WCW is going to change. It does. You're absolutely right. I'm excited. This is. I haven't watched a full War Games pay-per-view ever. This will be my first one, and I'm glad that it's part of the watch-along. <laughs> and you know what else is a watch-along? Next week's top topic. Hells, yes. The entire show, basically, we're going to work it in. We're going to be talking news. We'll be talking whatever happened on Dynamite prior to this show as well, prior to Rampage. But what we're going to be talking about is AEW's All Out. We are going to be there with a projector, a 100-foot screen, chicken nuggets, <laughs> beers. It is going to be a fun time, and you guys are going to hear our live reactions. And, you know, the more I think about it, man, you know, with recent news coming out, looking at uh, – how things are going. I bet you Ruby Soho is our casino uh, casino battle royal wild card or joker card or whatever that ends up being or however they do that one. I right. bet you Ruby's coming in. I, I think it's... It would make sense. We're going to have a lot of surprises. We got Daniel Bryan. We got Ruby. Uh, we could get Adam Cole, man. I'm telling you, if you do it all of this pay-per-view, I may have to take a nap at your house after this pay-per-view <laughs> to kind of calm down. <laughs> I'm going to bring three pairs of shorts. All right. Well, it's been a fun show. Uh, <laughs> there is one line I didn't get to use, and I'm just going to throw it in there. I've always liked this one. Uh, How is your mother? Uh, she She's on her way out. We all are hacked accordingly. <laughs> Who let this IRA line. motherfucker in my bar? He, you're going to give me shit? Look at He was reaching in his pocket. <laughs> I didn't know if he was a bookie or something. You know what a bookie does? Yeah, he pays you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you guys have figured out what this movie of the week was. We'll 
obviously be telling you at the beginning of AEW's All Out pay-per-view when we are uh, live for our podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling podcast. My name is the Professor Mark Fantasia. He is ODM Joe Rizzo. You'll catch us here every week, every Wednesday. And as we do every Wednesday, ODM is going to leave us with his movie quote of the week. And this week, I think there's no better person to have him do it in the form of than the man that just turned heel, the giant. That's not what I thought you were going to do, but okay. Man, okay. Who'd you think it was going to (laughs) be? I thought it was going to be Jericho. I actually was going to think Booker T originally, but he pissed me off so much with his... <laughs> so fuck him. Yeah. Yeah, so fuck him. He's on He's on my shit list for this week. So, yeah, I, I feel it, man. The big show. But I got to see all the spit on the on the camera and everything. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I, I can just do Scott Steiner if I want to do that. I'm going to go have a smoke right now. You want to smoke? You want to smoke, do you, right? You want one of those frick... <laughs> Go fuck yourself. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. And clap in three, two, one. I stutter clapped. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot, dude. All right, I think I like. I knew I felt a delay in the clap. Like I did, it was like a lethal weapon. On one, two, three, go. I fucked it up. Let me try it again. Here we go. And we're gonna clap in three, two, one. <laughs>